Today we're going to dive into a little bit of a gaming update for you, but also take a look at Anamoka Brands and a little bit about where their growth is going, because there's a lot happening, of course, at Anamoka. You've had a chance to maybe see some other you know, people you know and recognize from Anamoka Brands. Today is going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be a great interview. You guys don't want to miss it. My name is Paul Barron. We'll come back into Tech Path. All right, so joining me today is Will Griffiths, who is the VP of Commercial Strategy over at Anamoka Brands. Great to have you, Will. Great to be here, Paul. Excellent. So, Will, first of all, let's get into a little bit about your background, what you're doing there with Anamoka, and then we'll dive into Rev and, you know, some of the innovations that are happening uh, overall. Can, can you kind of give me a rundown? I mean, there's quite a lot to, to tell, I suppose. I, I, I've got a, a kind of fairly eclectic background. So I, I joined a company called Codemasters that makes AAA racing titles. They make the official Formula One game, the rally game, and a bunch of other different uh, things. And my job there was to basically monetize those games after the point of launch. So that required a new analytics team, a companion app, customer service, various different um, you know, consulting type situations, working with the design teams, thinking about different revenue streams, treating their games like uh, you know, live businesses as opposed to you know, making a game and then shipping it, charging sort of 50 bucks for it. And so that was really, really fun. I was there for about two years and then EA bought Codemasters. And then I spent the next sort of nine months working out how to fit the team that I'd built into the, the giant gaming company that EA is. Right. Um, and then I moved, I moved into the EA strategic growth team. I spent a lot of time looking at metaverse and, you know, positioning that, thinking about, you know, how they can tackle that, how they should prepare for that and NFTs and the future of sports entertainment and worked a lot with EA sports guys. Lots and lots of fun. Problem was, I'm in Oxford in the UK and everyone I was working with was in California. So I started yeah. sort of wondering, sort of questioning everything. Uh, and, I, and I got talking to Robbie Young, who's the CEO of uh, Anamoka. And he yeah. said, well, they're trying to build this, this racing ecosystem. They bought these different studios. They had this web token. They had some games that were live. And they're very excited about so in this in this um, uh, bull market, very excited about the, the the potential for bringing all these things together into a racing ecosystem. So it's really, I often refer to it as like a Lego set. So I've got this Lego set of bits, and I've been here now twelve months, and we've built a team, and we're we you know we've got a direction. We're heading off to uh, to create this racing ecosystem. It's currently called Rev Motorsport. Right. So that's my that's my kind of remit. My job title is VP Commercial Strategy, but I'm very, very heavily focused on this space. When you look at building an ecosystem like this, I mean, you've got uh, programs, uh, obviously games like High Voltage, Rev Racing, uh, MotoGP, and then of course Torque. Torque being the one that is kind of, I, I think, maybe the the jewel here, at least in, in our opinion when we look at it. But I want to kind of get your framework of is there going to be more games or is this going to kind of be your, your packet uh, of sorts to kind of get this launched for Animoca and really rolling. We definitely have a bunch of games uh, live, both Web 2 and Web 3. Between them, there's a nice mix of mobile games with several right. million monthly active users, and then like various different um, Web 3 for you know games running in browsers like Rev Racing. You mentioned Formula e High Voltage. This is just a sort of slow evolution in the in the Web 3 space. Like the, these mm -hmm. AAA games the likes of Talk Drift 2 and some of the other things we have in the pipeline, that's the future. But there's still, a, this. It, the number sounds quite large, but there's still quite a small percentage of the, of the gaming market. 
And, you know, a racing game, as someone who considers himself a racing game, and there's about 750 million people who would um, on the planet, a very small fraction of them are going to be playing, um, you know, right. browser-based games. Most of them want to play things like Forza and Gran Turismo. So they expect this photorealistic uh, quality. And, you know, we're not going to get their attention unless we start making games like that. So that's why, you know, Talk Drift 2 exists. And there are other games in the pipeline. So we also have, you know, motorsport sponsorship and in real life um, experiences that we offer. So I'm thinking of this as a basically an ecosystem with a with a to, with a total addressable market of about a billion okay. people, people who would identify as motorsports fans, racing gamers, and and perhaps people who are into to Web three, but also people who just like cars, video games, and car video games. Over the last ten years, there kind of became this point where the graphics were so good in the games that they look basically like real life. So if you sh if you right. show somebody a picture of a car in Unreal Engine 5, who's not a gamer, they're going to look like just in isolation. They're just going to think, think, yeah, that's that's like a photograph of a real car. And I really, you know, that's a desirable item for me. This is a brand I know. This is something that I can understand. So I think perhaps in a way that other types of games haven't yet, cars mm -hmm. are the, the first type of um, asset that really can cross that uh, physical digital divide and i think that plays very well into web3 so like collection and ownership and and meaning meaningful true ownership that we can enable with things like nfts and stuff that um starts to become much more interesting than a than a static 2d image and then if you layer into that that there are multiple different experiences that you can have with that single asset it should be more like the real world so if you go buy a car, it should work in the places you expect it to work. It should be intuitive. It should, uh, you know, you, you, let's say you go buy I don't know, a Lamborghini or something, and then you you take it to one game, and then you leave that game, and you take it somewhere else. The history and the the, the experiences, the, the mileage, you know, or the, the, the races you've won, they should all come with you. As far as synergy between the games themselves, you know, you look at what's happening not only within kind of this I'll call it kind of 2.5 phase of what we're seeing in a lot of these studios now developing. And what we might see in terms of mobile gaming on the Web3 uh, front, but also the evolution even into uh, things like Xbox and you know some of the traditional gaming consoles that are out there. Synergy-wise, um, are you pretty much the, the master of how all of those are going to work together there with Animoca? From a sort of organizational perspective, yes. I'm the I'm the person who's managing the team, but we have a a core team um, which we built I built over the last ten or so months with experience from like big tech, so like Google, uh, AAA gaming, um, a lot of live service experiences, and we've got a, a Formula Three uh, ex Formula Three racer who's on the team as well, and he's our kind of brand ambassador, Matt Solomon, and yeah, he's, he was sort of rubbing fantastic. shoulders with a lot of the guys. A lot of the guys that are now racing in, in you'll see big names in Formula One. So there's there's a that's a sort of core team, um, but then the, there's so many other people involved. There's there's the studios we mentioned them before, but they've got this really really amazing experience making racing games on consoles, PC, Mac, iPhone, like in right. the Apple Arcade or like free to play. Um, and then we have um, 
the ecosystem partners. So, you know, various vehicle brands, motorsports brands, you know, we've been working closely with MotoGP this season. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking to also, because we're trying to create this open ecosystem, we are talking a lot with other games companies to sort of let them know what we're doing. So, you know, whether it's, you know, something that we're talking pu- publicly about or not, we're making sure that we're lining up with, you know, Web2 and Web3 people in the space that we're not missing tricks because there's some complex sort of standards work and stuff, uh, which we can talk about in a minute, that we're doing to, to to basically make it possible for these cars to work. And I haven't even talked about Animoca, right? Like Animoca's <laughs> leadership got this amazing vision of uh, like Web3 and the open metaverse and making it fair for everyone. And, you know, we're really, that's really useful razor to apply to a lot of the decisions we're making. So we're not closing people out. We're trying to create a place where others exactly. can join. And people are responding to that really well. In terms of interoperability, I mean, are, are there any specifics right now that you could share in terms of interoperability with, you know, something like within the Rev Motorsports group that where some of these games might start working together? We've identified two areas that we need to solve to make that happen. So the first area is standards. So that means like, what is a car? How do we define a car? Because if we don't define cars in a common language, in a common way, Mm -hmm. then everyone gets to interpret them just however they feel like. So this, this is something we're spending a lot of time on defining the standard. And then to begin with, it starts relatively simple 100,000 people own these cars they get a notification that says oh now there's a new um, experience for you in your car come and have a look so then they they visit these games and the games do what they are good at which is monetizing users and engaging them and making them stick around so they get to do that but they save a lot of money on user acquisition just that part which was well underway that that's not enough because you need to bring the vehicle brands on the journey too because the way yeah. the licensing works typically historically is it matches the walled garden so but in this version of the world the 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 license works across multiple different games so mm-hmm. we're putting putting a lot of effort into that and the good news is we've got and i can't say who they are because we haven't signed yet but very very close to uh fairly very we're very excited two very interesting automakers uh joining us with that model and the way they think about the, the we've been encouraging them to think about the risk is you know, you can control how many cars you make and then you can see how many, how users interact with them. So you're kind of drip feeding this into the ecosystem. Right. We have an arrangement where the individual games manufacturers are also allowed to sell the, the NFTs too. Um, but there'd be one common supply. So you basically have a go at trying to sell a bunch of vehicles in your game if you wish. Mm-hmm. There's another revenue stream. I was looking at the, uh, just some of the stream, uh, excuse me, Steam data. And uh, kind of interesting here. I mean, you look at Grand Theft Auto, Rocket League, you know, BMG, et cetera. But the point is, is there are a ton of players. And this is just, you know, obviously just one platform. So there's an, a huge opportunity here, you know, for, I think, overall, especially in the motorsports side of things, for NFTs, the eventual evolution of what we'll see in Web3. When you look at mm-hmm. marketing to gamers today, like, you know, traditional gamers that are already out there playing Gran Turismo. How are you guys approaching this? What's the process that uh, Animoca is taking to kind of, you know, get them to dabble into both worlds here? We don't really think of them as um, competitors, really. It could be the case that, you know, maybe in a few years' time, they, you know, they 
become involved in what it is that we're trying to do. So, right. Hey, basically, there's two card games. In this one, when I buy the assets, I can I can keep them forever yeah. and show them to my friends on my phone and sell them if I feel like it. And in this one, I can't. And then like two years later, I've got to buy another game. Um, and I think what goes hand in hand with that is um, typically free-to-play games convert players at about 2%. About 2% of players end up spending in you know these games you play on mobile or even some of the more, more popular free-to-play games that you see online now. Um, on the consoles but if if you're telling if you can communicate to those users that the things they're buying they may be able to sell in the future they may be able to get some of that money back maybe they can even they can certainly add to the story of that asset who knows whether the value will go up of it um it seems to likely to me that you'll see more people converting what do you think uh, when you look at just battle royale games? You know, something like say, like a, almost like a Web three Rocket League. Do you think we'll see something like that coming out of Rev, or, or do you know of others that are maybe developing something like of, of that nature? I wouldn't be surprised at all if someone was building a Web three um, Rocket League. We uh, we have we've got three different titles we're working on, which I can't talk about, um, but none of okay. them is a, a, a Rocket League Battle uh, okay. um, Royale. But you know, the Battle Royale mechanic, whether applied to Rocket League or not, is a very interesting one. Like It's a very effective way of bringing players together and creating yeah, for liquidity sure. for multiplayer. And you can layer things over, the, like existing mechanics over the top of it from free to play. So yeah, I mean, there's, there were, it would make a lot of sense to do something like that. All right, so what about the potential for getting games like these on consoles here in the U.S. over the next couple of years? And I, I see Ed Fry's on, on your advisory board. Obviously, that's Xbox. What does that look like for Animoca to be able to move into that space? None of the big marketplaces are really embracing this technology yet. So it's not yeah. really possible. Or they're, or they're opening up their or changing their guidelines a little bit so that it's more like it's sort of a step towards it. From our, from our point of view, we have studios in our portfolio that know how to make, have made console games, PC games, you know, whether it's um, PlayStation 4, 5, you know, any of the Xboxes, the Switch, we just recently made a, uh, even games recently made Smurfs car on the Switch. So they know how to, right? So they've got, and they're building, they're using a technology that would allow them to ship to those platforms. It's just that right now the platforms are not ready for the for the Web3 element. But when mm. when they decide to open up, and we monitor this, we have people, in fact, it's one of the things that Animoca is keeping a close eye on. So they let us know as these policies start to shift and change. And as they do, we we you know have another look at our designs and see whether we, there are ways that we can navigate those to get a game out on the stores and still provide meaningful value with Web3 tech. Well, let's get into, uh, I want to kind of wrap up here on on the idea of Roadmap and where you guys are going. If you could give us some of the high points on Roadmap over the next, say, 12 to 18 months, where is Rev going? What is kind of the overall strategy of how Animoca is approaching this? So we have uh, Rev Racing, which is already live. Uh, we we have, uh, as I mentioned before, we have some mobile titles. So we've got MotoGP Quest, it's very popular. It's the main sort of casual game for most GP players, lots and lots of active Web2 users. And we also introduced this year a product called MotoGP Guru, which is a kind of, it's like a sort of cross-media experience. So it's a, it's a 
on the face of it, it's a daily fantasy type game for MotoGP, but there's no cash prizes or anything until the end of the season. Um, but it's very sort of competitive, but it's also designed to um, become part of the kind of media, uh, you know, content around MotoGP. So it's, there's a TV show that's released before each um, GP where like famous members of the, of the MotoGP lineup are invited as guests and the old commentator, Nick Harris is there and the five times uh, champion Jorge Lorenzo is involved as well. And it just kind of creates banter around who they think is going to win, but also is a product. And this is a, this has been an important thing for us around understanding how to engage with motorsports fans. We also have the talk. There's a couple of talk um, uh, mobile games that are already live talk drift um, and talk burnout. Um, and we have Talk Squad, which is a, a PFP collection that's actually run by Matt Solomon, the web, uh, the Formula Three Web Three guy who I was talking about before. Um, we have a bunch of Gear Club um, games, which were made by the Eden Games Studio. And in fact, Gear, Gear Club, Gear Club uh, Stradale was featured in the Apple Vision Pro, Pro keynote. So we're taking that as a good sign for the um, for driving games and VR going forward. Um, and then right now, like weeks, maybe two weeks ago, just looking at the date, it, the Formula E high voltage browser based uh, Web3 came out, which is a sort of strategy game. Um, it's the first official Formula E game ever made. So we've been partnering with them um, and our studio partner, Amber, who's based over in um, Romania in the US, who've been helping us build that. And there's a free to play element to that. So that's like part of the funnel for people who don't, um, you know, necessarily want to, to jump straight into NFT ownership. Um, Talk Drift 2, I think you mentioned at the start, is um, have, have launched the Garage uh, on Epic Game Store. So go check that out. You can download that and then there'll be, um, there, I don't know, I think, I think they've announced that there's some gameplay coming soon to go with it. So um, look out for that. Um, and then we, we do have, obviously we've got all these studios, we've got lots of plans. So there's definitely more games, um, coming, um, next year. And we also, we talked about Rev Motorsport itself. And I said, we've been working on the, the ecosystem here for probably about a year uh, now. And we have talked a lot about interoperability and we're, tying all of that together and so there'll be a lot of announcements and you know new white paper and all that kind of stuff going out over the next several months so keep your eyes peeled for that um so yeah there's there's a lot happening so hey will it's been great having you on uh the show today thank you so much for stopping in we appreciate it yeah, it's been awesome nice to meet you, you bet excellent see you next time all right so you guys might be tuned in over on the podcast side of things or over here on the audio or on the youtube channel Make sure and jump in and, of course, uh, get subscribed right now. We cover a lot of these um, scenarios, especially around next-generation gaming that we think are going to be happening in the Web3 space. Obviously, a lot of the projects and companies that are uh, involved in this, including companies like Animoca Brands. So make sure and subscribe to the channel. If you are not in our Diamond Circle, make sure and get in on that. It is our additional content that we do, including our Web3 and gaming podcast hosted by Kyle Wilson. Make sure and check that out. We, uh, if you just go over to our website, you'll be able to find it. And of course, you can just search Web3 and Gaming Podcasts, uh, and you guys will find it out there as well. If you guys want to catch me on X, it's at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on Tech Bath.
Hey, Will. Hey.